week on the New Hope Podcast, you'll hear messages and stories that are built on the bedrock of God's truth and discover practical ways to apply the gospel to your life and relationships. Thanks for listening and being a part of the New Hope family. Welcome in New Hope family to the deep dive. This is the time where we dig into Sunday sermon and have a discussion about what was talked about on Sunday with the person who spoke. I'm Dan, and today I have the privilege of sitting with Pastor Keith. Hello. What's going on, man? Good. Oh, just <laughs> I'm back in the office. I'm feeling more human these days, so that's good. There you go. Back in business, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Crazy couple weeks? Yeah, beyond what I could possibly describe. So, yes, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> something that normally, you know... What, didn't take as long took took almost a week and a half two weeks to feel better yeah i'm terrified yeah like watching this experience yeah. i am terrified i'm like the one thing <laughs> that i don't ever want to have is yeah, what you yeah, had i would know? not wish it on my worst enemy uh, yeah that's but very kind of you <laughs> god is good he got me through it and uh anyway we're we're back so cool. well it's good to have you back in the saddle yeah, man absolutely i know you were talking this sunday we're in our connect series and we we're talking about trust right um I think that's such a valuable topic. Yes. Because trust is something that can be uh, easily broken. It's hard yep. to gain, all that's the right. above. But what is trust? How would you define it? Uh, tr- trust, I kind of put it in the subtitle of the sermon. Uh, trust to me is a built confidence in one person has in another. In other words, you know, for example, when they say something they're going to do, they do it. It's not. You, you just don't have doubts that they're going to follow through on their word, for example. They're going to be consistent, I mean, on and on. So it's kind of a, a just a built confidence in, in your relationship with somebody. Yeah. And so you said that we can't have meaningful relationships without trust. Yeah. And that trust isn't something that's happened. It's something that we build. Right. So how do we build that trust? Right. Well, you know, the, the essence of the, the message on Sunday, uh, the, following the example of Christ, he, he did it by being consistent. He, he And, of course, I've always got to allude to the fact that Jesus was perfect and we're yep. not, right? Yep. You know, so because I don't want everybody to think I'm not perfect, therefore I can't, because that's not what the issue is according to God's Word. Right. We're forgiven. We're, we're, we, we are inspired by His grace. But we can choose one day at a time, one step at a time. Our, our people hear me say that all the time because it's a, just a biblical truth that we take it one step, one day at a time. And I can be over time consistent. That's that's spiritual growth. So consistency on who you are, what you say, and only what you do is how you build trust. And the other is, uh, and I really mean this, I didn't dive into this one as deep mm. on Sunday, but transparency. <clears throat> It's uh, just being honest. I mean, just you, you're not hiding stuff, especially from those you have a, a, a suppo- at least supposedly have a close relationship with. Right. Now, I'm not saying going around, going around, hang your dirty laundry in front of the world every single day, and you know wear your feelings that, on your sleeve. That's called the oversharing. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. T- TMI. Too much information, or <laughs> right. what have you. Yeah. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about relationships that you're building and/or have. That, that you consider life-giving, those are important to you. They're the kind of the core of your life. Those people you ought to be able to be transparent with. And when they say, how are you doing? And you don't, you're not doing good, say so. Yeah. I mean, you walk in, there's believers in the body of Christ that say, how are you doing? You ought to be able to have a genuine conversation on what the reality is. Mm-hmm. So so I, I would say those two 
the two things are key is the consistency and transparency uh, that we looked at uh, in the life of Christ on Sunday. Um, you know, track record is another, and I think you build on those. When I think somebody knows that they can trust me when they learn they can trust me, Yeah, it's all theory until they experience it. So once they experience the fact that I'll be consistent, I'm transparent, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, unless there's just something that stops me from fulfilling a promise, um, then I'm going to die trying. Mm-hmm. When they figure that out, I think people will will trust me, and I'll be able to trust them too. I can share something in confidence, and and I know it's not going to be spread around around the the world. Right. Uh, that's another example. Uh, when it didn't come back to me, they talked about it to yeah. other people. Yeah. Then I know I can trust them. Why is it so hard to trust people? Because uh, you get burned. I mean, to the, immediately, that's my yeah. first thought is you, you, it, it's, it's hard because it's risky. Mm-hmm. And in the risk can come a lot of pain if somebody fails or they break a trust. And that doesn't mean it's over, I would hope, in a relationship if a trust gets broken. You have to rebuild it. It takes a lot of time and effort to do that. So it's best to do it right the first time, right? Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I would say because of the risk involved, it's hard to trust. You don't control. You only control what you do in terms of choosing to trust somebody. Mm-hmm. Just, and same thing with Christ, by the way. I don't control what happens after that. It's like I'm serving the ball of control in their their hands. And, and uh, I've, I've explained to New Hope many times I like to be in control. Mm-hmm. I like my ducks in a row. And when people mess around with my ducks, it gets uh, my personalities. I'll get upset about it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, I think we, that's why. And I think we all want to be in control. Oh, right? absolutely. To one degree or another. Yeah. I, I think it's funny. Like, how many promises have we broken to ourselves? Right. But we trust ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. trust other people. Right. Right. But we trust ourselves. Right. You know, I, I think just the way that the Lord built me, I, I give trust pretty readily. Right. Whereas I'm like, yeah, I trust you until the point where you break my trust, and then I'm like. Oh, I have to. I have to remember to trust you now. Right. You know, and it's, I, a work. I, it's an act of work. Yes. Right. And so I think just that message um, this past Sunday, it it requires a lot of active trust, and we'll talk about this in a yeah. second. But you right. see, the disciples, well, they had they had that kind of, kind of an issue. Yep. But the, the the thought that came to my mind was so, so for so much of history, uh-huh. right? Right. The the phrase wasn't believe in Christ or put your faith in Christ, right. it was trust in Christ. Right. right. And to the point of active trust, Dan, uh, Jesus didn't emphasize just simply believing in him. He said, follow me. Right. So it'd be one thing if, you know, the passage from Sunday, Jesus is going back to Jerusalem. He's going to be crucified. He knows all this. He's laying yeah. it all out. Uh, he know It's the hard thing to do. So it'd be one thing if Jesus went on to Jerusalem and the disciples waved at him and said, good luck. You know, we believe in you. Right. But they stayed. They didn't follow. Right. Jesus never said he simply wanted us to believe in him or believe in the idea of him. He wanted us. He wants us to follow him. That's trust. Yeah. And it's, it's giving active. Up, yeah. And it's giving up that ball of control. That's right. Yeah. And, and sometimes doing what you don't want to do. In their case, yeah. they did not want to go to Jerusalem. They wanted to avoid it, as I mentioned Sunday. Uh, but Jesus said, no, we're not going to avoid this. We're going to face it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to fulfill. He's going to. Jesus is going to fulfill what he came to do, yeah. even when it cost him so much. 
Yeah, so much. Yeah. So he he is walking to Jerusalem, right, with his disciples. Yeah. And it was more than just the twelve, right? It was the yes, larger the group, bigger, bigger following. Yeah. And then again, he takes his twelve aside and says, right. "Hey, this is the game plan." I'm going to go. I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going to rise. Yeah. And everything's going to work out. Right. Right. <laughs> How would you feel receiving that as the game plan? You know, pro- you know, I look back on the disciples and think, you know, when he rose, I met him, I kind of talk about this Sunday a little bit. When he rose from the dead, they were shocked. They were hiding. I mean, when right. he died, they, they didn't get out in community and wait. They didn't go to the tomb and watch and wait. Right. They hid. So it's almost like they didn't even hear him. When he kept telling them, "I'm going to die and I'm going to rise," and then they were shocked when he did. So, you know, the the uh, judgmentalness in me wants to look back on them and say, "What a bunch of idiots!" I mean, really, <laughs> how many times does he have to repeat the same thing? And you didn't, and you're still shocked. Uh, but then again, and I think of it, that was so far clearly, so far out of the realm of possibility that I get it. You know, once I really dive in to try to walk in their sandals, so to speak, mm. in the Middle East in that time and hearing that and and Jesus leading them so far outside their comfort zone and yep. him getting him to uh, prodding them and asking them to follow him, trust him. And that trust grew. It, you know, it was a growing process for them, just like it would be for you and I, probably. Yeah. It definitely would be for me. But yeah, my first instinct is to throw a rock at them and think, what a bunch of dummies. Right. Yeah. But then I think, well, okay, maybe I probably would be the same way. Yeah. And three times. Right. 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 Uh, there, there's, I, I think, some symbolism there. Three yes. days, three right. times. You know, like, right. Go down the board. But, yeah. I, I mean, this is a repeated conversation. Yep. And for me, I'm like, I know Jesus spoke in parables. Right. But this didn't seem like a parable. No. But I, I think you're right. It, how foreign of a concept. Nobody ever raised from the dead before. Right, right. Like not a resurrection type of a yeah. way. No, exactly right. Yeah. it's a, yeah, And even if you were fast forward and did this in modern times, you'd probably still have the same issue. Right. More than likely. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and what what's interesting on the topic of trust is every step they were willing to take, even though it was sometimes painful, they were out of their control, even though it was scary, it caused stress, astonished, fear, you know, all yeah. those things. Every time they did it, they grew. Mm-hmm. And their trust in Christ and their relationship with him grew. And so there's, to me, there's the underlining point of not only our relationship with Christ, but our relationships to one another. Yeah. Trust is a risk. But it's the only way you're going to have the kind of relationships that are life-giving. Yes. It's worth the risk, in other words. It is worth the risk. And I think just for the believer, we have the ability to trust and we have the ability to be hurt and it yes. be okay. Yes. Yeah. That's and, absolutely right. God will, God will take it. Christ will take every moment, whether it's broken trust or fulfilled trust, and he will bring redemption out of it. He'll bring good things out of it. Yeah. Exactly right. So. And, and we, our value is not tied up. It's not stored right. in somebody else. Right. And so when somebody breaks our trust, we can expect, we, one, we can expect it to happen. Right. right? Exactly like we know right. it's going to happen. But yep. two, it doesn't have to devastate us because our ultimate trust is in the in Lord. Christ. Right. 
Yeah, I've got it there. You just outlined beautifully what all four weeks were about, that yeah. Christ is the basis for all this. If you don't have him as the basis, then more than likely I would give up on trusting once I experience the pain of a broken trust. Mm-hmm. Apart from Christ, I don't really have the hope that good can come out of that. Yeah. That something redemptive can actually uh, come out of it in my relationships with people. Yeah. So, yeah. And we have a trust that never fails. Right. Right. Like right. Jesus does not fail. Right. He is He has risen victoriously. That's right. And God does not fail. That's He's right. sovereign over everything. God's yes. in control. Right. And so we do have that ultimate trust in 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 knowing that even when bad things happen, they are for our good. Yes. And 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 not that bad things are used to like Right. He doesn't beat us up with right. Yes. But rather he makes good out of out even of bad situations because yeah. he's that kind of God. One. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, he's counted all joy when you experience trials. Uh, there's a reason because he's going to do good with it. I, God doesn't want us to go around looking for trouble, obviously. <laughs> uh, he's not saying being a ma- be a masochist. Right. He's just saying this is a fallen world and the life we have, and you're going to experience pain. Yes. I can bring good out of that if you'll let me. But there again, you go right back to trusting him to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I try to avoid pain in life, I'm missing life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. You can't avoid pain in life and embrace abundant life at the same time. Yes. Those two do not. I've talk, got, talk about that. Well, I, I've got to be willing to have my heart broken yes. on occasion. I've got to be willing to walk through the trials to grow. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to enter into a series on First Peter, and it's called Refined, the fire of refinement. Yeah. God does a lot of good when we're willing to embrace the whole enchilada. Yep. And not just look for the the, the mountaintops, but also embrace the valleys when they come. I'm not saying go looking for the valleys. They're going to come on their own. You don't have mm-hmm. to look for them. Uh, the, the hard times, the dark times, the challenging times, the painful times. That's life. That's that's the way it is. And the good news is we've got hope even in darkness. Yeah. He can bring light. He, he can bring good out of the hardest and the worst of times. Amen. I was so interesting. So Jesus, right, mm-hmm. walking around with his 12. Right. You know, he goes, he tells them again, hey, I'm going to die and rise. And then there's right. the Last Supper. Right. And he's like, hey, Peter, this ain't going to sift you like wheat. Yeah. But you'll come back, right? <laughs> yeah. Jesus' disciples are going to break his trust. Right. And he loves and walks with them anyway. Yes. Even even uh, Judas. Judas. I mean, I mean the, worst, <laughs> the worst of the breaking of right. the trust. Judas, yeah, exactly. Judas insisted on Jesus being the political Messiah that he was never going to be, yeah. even to the bitter end. And uh, so even at that, I have no doubt that Jesus has mercy or felt for Judas, yeah, even as much as he was betrayed by him. And I think that's the parallel between, and we're off topic, but right. that's the yep, parallel between right. Judas and Peter, right? Yes, right. Judas is insisting Jesus be the political Messiah. Right. And Peter is insisting, no, 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 you don't need to die. Right. And right. both are trying to actively engage yeah. in a way that's working against Jesus's transparent purpose. That's exactly right. It, it, I call that God in the box. Yeah. You're, you're trying to be in control of God. And put them in a box and say, here's how you ought to be, how it ought to work, how you ought to interact with my life, you know, on and on. Which is a lack of trust in. Exactly. Goes right back to that topic. Yep. Exactly right. 
So, Good segue right back. Right back, right back. <laughs> you talked about being astonished and afraid, mm-hmm. right? And the difference between those words. I thought that was really interesting. Um, when Whenever you're amazed or astonished, right, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. this like feeling that overcomes you right? Right, right and you're like kind of surprised all of the above but it's, mm-hmm. it feels good right. right when you're afraid the exact same thing happens mm-hmm. this feeling comes over you and, you, and it, it absorbs you but it's a negative feeling of right. dread right right, right. what well, how could they be both at the same time <laughs> yeah well it is interesting to me that the the gospel of mark uh pointed or used the word astonished connected to the original 12, the mm-hmm. people that were closest to Christ, whereas the people that were kind of following him and, and didn't know him as well, yeah. or li- you know, I'm likely on the fringes. Because, you, as you know, Jesus could draw a crowd, but he knew how to disperse a crowd, too. Yeah, he did. I mean, when, when they started understanding what it would take to trust him and follow him, that's when people started disappearing. So it's interesting to me that there's two different terms for those two different groups as well. Now, I can't, you know, absolutely say why, but it appears to me that maybe why is the relationship Mm. was closer with the original 12 uh, versus the the French, the the, the people looking from the outside in and, and maybe even some liking the idea of Jesus but not really knowing Jesus and what he was about and yeah. and w- what trust really means I mean on and on so yeah it's interesting that two different terms similar have some similarities but the two different words were assigned to those two different groups mm-hmm. that were both following him to the same place yeah two different experiences and I think there's also that natural fear that can come in. Hey, we're going to go to Jerusalem. Absolutely. We're not really going to encounter friends there. Right. And I'm going to go ahead and die. Right. And that's the game plan. Like, there's some natural preservation there. Absolutely. Like, I could see fear coming in Mm -hmm. and being like, well, what do I do? What about me? And that's a lack of trust, right? Right. So we see that theme kind of expanding a little bit. Right. And then you see the disciples, Mm -hmm. uh, James and John. Yep. They walk up the good <laughs> old you Jesus. Love James and John. So uh, sons of thunder, right? The sons <laughs> right. of Zebedee. Right. How right. cool would that be to have a nickname Sons of Thunder? Yeah, yeah. till you blow things up. Yes. <laughs> right. Or like you know a right. WWF tag team. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, I would love to have been a fly on the the camel, so mm-hmm. to speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not the camel, but uh. yes. <laughs> So anyway, um, so yeah, <laughs> I lost it. That's yeah, so you, great. You know, both, uh, Keith is crying right now. Yeah, yeah, We're both right. laughing so hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at Marco and, and uh, That's good. Ian more than anything. Yep. So yeah, to 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 see the dynamic of the the disciples' relationships when James and John chose to try to gain power over them and beat them to the punch. I mean, I would love the, the Scripture. It doesn't address it to address that in more detail. And, yeah. You know, what was happening? Who was mad at whom? What kind of conversations or arguments were they having? Because, because truthfully, what James and John did was a betrayal. yes. Not as much of Christ, in my view, as much as their relationship with the other disciples. They're trying to put themselves first and get ahead of this group of men. They've been doing life together with Jesus for three and a half years. Right. 
And so it, it would just be interesting to have been able to see that dynamic and see how it had to work out, work itself out, because that, that's an example to me of broken trust, if, oh, there, yeah. if there ever uh, is an example of that. So anyway. Yeah, they say, teacher, we want you to do this for us, whatever right. we ask you, yep. which is like, mm, that's if that preferences or prefaces a question, yeah. right, 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 and then what do you? You said, "What do you want me to do for you?" And yeah. they said, "Grant us to sit at your right hand and your left in glory." Now he he then goes on to talk about, "Hey, you don't yeah. know what you're talking about." Yeah, exactly. But even that, they are elevating themselves over the other twelve. Exactly They're saying, right. "Hey, Jesus, like." You want to give us the hookup, you know, like we want to be like right next to you. Like we don't want to be at the end of the table. You know, we want to be directly next to you and your right right and your left hand, the seats of power. And you're right. That is that is that breach of trust. Yes. With the other disciples. Hey, we were all in this together. We're a crew of 12. We've been walking Galilee for three years. Yep. Trudging back and forth. Why are you better than me? Why? Yeah. Yeah. You would think somebody like a Peter. Yeah. Because Peter was the guy out of the boat first. I mean, if I'm if I'm holding an election on who should be yeah. on the right or left of Jesus, I would not be voting James and John necessarily right. based on the Gospels. I would probably be voting Peter. I mean, he was always the one ready to charge the hill for Jesus. Now, he didn't always do it right, quite right. clearly. Uh, but if anybody should have gotten kind of human credit for being sharing power with Christ. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that self it's it, what what a just that one verse I could have probably done the whole sermon on that one verse as opposed to the, the three or four I chose but what a microcosm or a um, I'm trying to think of the word a an example of how not to do it <laughs> I mean really yeah. James and John putting self first well that's the worst thing you can do in your relationships with others mm-hmm. Uh, or Christ, but especially with one another. If you're going to make your relationships about self and what you want, it's yeah. never going to be what God wants. It's never going to be life-giving. It's actually going to be quite destructive and the opposite. Yeah. And, and so what? it's just a perfect snapshot of what not to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I love about the Bible, by the way. It gives you not only the examples of how to and what to do, but what not to do. Right. It, it shares the whole story. Yeah. And so. it, it says that uh, the disciples, when the 10 heard it, they began right. to be indignant at James and John. And then Jesus, going back into uh, that 42, 43, 44 right. verses, right. like <clears throat> he, he tells them how to lead. Right. Right. James and John are trying to grab leadership. Right. They're trying to grab that power that you're talking about. Right. Right. And they're trying to elevate themselves. Mm -hmm. But how does Jesus tell us to lead? Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. He says, uh, you, you're, I'm going to contrast what they were asking for what, what Jesus said he was about. He essentially said in an indirect way, you're about grabbing power and making yourself first. Yeah. I'm about serving and sacrificing. This is how you ought to be, and this is how you're acting. I mean, Jesus, without saying that, said that. Uh, essentially, when he wham, I mean, he he brought it down to. I didn't come. I'm I'm the God of the universe, and I love Mark. Uh, the Gospel of Mark says, even the Son of Man, even Jesus Himself. If somebody had the right to put himself first and had the right to be in power, had the right to you know do all all, but this one said, I came to serve and to to sacrifice. Why does serving build trust? 
Because it doesn't make it about yourself, one. I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. Uh, It makes it about the other. Serving is about caring about the other and and trusting God to meet your needs in the process, I believe. So, in essence, that's what I would say to that. Um, When I serve, I'm not focused on what I want. Mm -hmm. I'm focused on what the other person needs. Yeah. Um, And you're not necessarily focused on what the other person wants either, by the way. Serving is about need. Yep. And so you're focused on what the need is in that person's life. So, yeah, you, I agree with that. And I, and I think also just building trust, man, it's kind of proof is in the pudding, right? You know, and if somebody is serving you, Mm -hmm. they're demonstrating, well, how, how how did you define trust earlier? Uh, uh, Built confidence. Yeah. They're, they're demonstrating something that builds your confidence, right? Right. And saying, okay, this person is reliable. They, they, they're consistent in what they're doing. Yes. They're transparent and they're humble. Right, right. In even their position to serve, <clears throat> that is building trust. Right. And so, I, man, I, I would just say, like, as we try and build trust in relationships, because there are broken relationships. Ev- sure. Everyone has Everybody. broken relationships, right. right? Right. I think one of the ways that we can help restore relationships is by serving the other person, mm-hmm. by putting them first and being humble right. with them. Right. Versus yeah. snarky or domineering, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's got to come from a genuine place. I yeah. mean, it's got to be inspired by Christ mm-hmm. to serve because you can use service for others as a way to get something, right? I mean, it could be a manipulation tool or even a way to be spotlighted and recognized. Yeah. It's the people that serve and nobody notices, but only Christ notices that, you know. That's serving coming from from a truly genuine place because there's nobody giving you credit for it. Yeah, you're just obeying. You're trusting what Christ did and living that way yourself. Absolutely. So, so every everybody yeah. who's listening has a broken relationship, mm-hmm. and it's a relationship that was broken because trust was broken. Right. How do we? Yeah. Go about restoring trust if we were the ones that broke the relationship how do we go about restoring trust yeah good that's a that's a really good question so if i'm the one that broke the trust then it's incumbent upon me to own it so go back to the person and i'm gonna state the obvious and apologize own what you did wrong that's the first step you can't get you can't start the healing without confessing Mm -hmm. without owning it in the first place so go to the person and own it whatever it is and own it in detail and hear from them, hear the heartbreak. That's part I think of confessing is hear the heartbreak from that person, letting them unload on, on how it hurt them. Yeah. And the next step is the other person. They've got to be willing before it to keep, for it to be rebuilt. They've got to be able to forgive you. And that forgiveness may take them some time, by the way, it's not just a forgive and done one and done sometimes in terms of forgiving somebody, just depending on the uh, what the the breaking the trust involved exactly. So they've got to learn to forgive. It doesn't mean forget. That just means they're not going to hold it over your head. Right. So once you take that step, then the, the once you get past that in my in my mind, that's when the rebuilding of the trust and the relationship takes place. So it's going to take you time. It's almost like you're starting over. Yeah. You, you've got to prove and be consistent and transparent. And uh, they've got to see that they can trust you, that, yes, you blew it, but but that doesn't that mistake doesn't define you. Yeah. And they don't hold it over you. 
Yeah. So it's it's hard. It's hard to process. And and again, there's all kinds of um, context. There's some violations of trust that are bigger than others. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's a greater sin necessarily, but has a bigger or deeper impact. And mm-hmm. so there, you've it may take a more time to rebuild some trust than it does others, depending on what the violation of that trust was. Right. And the, and there's some violations where maybe trust never needs to be rebuilt. Yep. Right. Could be. Sometimes Could it's be. most healthy to sever a relationship. Yep. If there's right. something like abuse involved or whatever, yes, that, right. that's totally that's totally right. on the table. Not all people are trustworthy. Yes. And so once they break a trust, you've got to decide, is this person truly trustworthy Yep. Uh, to whether you continue that journey or not? So. And, and for those who are looking to trust again, mm-hmm. right, that right. have had their trust broken and uh, just on the flip side, not the offender, but the one who was offended. Right. right. How do we. How do we do that? It's a, so, so I think discernment is one. Again, going back to what we just right. said, is this person, should I trust them again or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if there's some kind of underlining thing, abuse, you know, the things you talked about, don't put yourself right back in the same kind of position expecting a different result. You know, the definition of insanity. Okay, yep. so decide that first. But then number two the work of the offended is going to be on the uh, the forgiveness part of that. Yeah. Start with God and just spew it and say, Lord, I need help on forgiving this person. And ask him, if you're a believer, ask him his grace to to live within you in this moment. And, and I believe that if you're convicted that you ought to confess you can, or excuse me, not confess, but forgive. You can forgive regardless of how you feel. Mm-hmm. Your feeling of trust is going to follow your willingness to forgive. That's right. Forgiveness is a step of obedience. Yep. Trusting in Christ, not about how you feel. Yeah. Because some of us are going to think, well, I can say the words, but I don't feel it. Say the words if you mean them. Mm-hmm. If you're inspired by Christ to forgive, forgive. And just every day, forgive again. Let it go. It's this process that you walk through with Christ, I believe. 70 times 7, right? Yes. Over yeah. and over and over yeah. again. It doesn't stop. It's a process. That's the point of that yeah. 70 times 7, yeah. And I think when you continue to be sinned against, mm-hmm. it's hard to have that trust be restored. I think one of the things yeah. serving people includes uh-huh. yeah. is to know to to not continue to sin against them in the same way. Yes, right. Exactly. To re- have a restored relationship, yes, right, exactly. and for uh, to allow forgiveness to be right. not just something that is done out of obedience, which right. good, right? right? We right. should be doing First that, step, right? But but also to have a some that abundant life restored of being able to be together uh-huh. and just walking in relationship. Yeah, and I would even. I don't know if you're connecting this dot or not, but I would even go back to Ephesians where it says, as far as it depends on, on me. you, yeah. be at peace with one another. That's right. It doesn't all depend on you. So, right. again, if they've got a pattern of violating the, violating the trust over and over and over again, that's the decision. They're not trustworthy. Yeah. And so stop trusting them. I mean, you don't, God doesn't say you have to trust anybody and everything. So to trust somebody and forgive somebody doesn't mean park your brain. <laughs> I mean, really, it does not mean you ignore reality and the truth. Right. Uh, you look at the truth and decide, God, this is what you want me to do. I'm going to forgive them, and we're going to work on this. Um, 
it doesn't all you can try to do what you can do to have peace with another person, forgive them, or even confess for that matter. But once you do that, you're not in control of how they respond. Sometimes we try to we want to be in control of both sides of that equation. And we're not. No, exactly. I'm only in control of what I do and how I react and respond. I'm not in control of how the other person reacts and responds and what they choose to do or not. Yeah. And and I, that, that's the uh, I'm my duck thing. That's right. I'm not in control. Once I do the right thing, I, I'm trusting God to do what He will with it. Yeah. And He'll do good either way, whether the person is trustworthy or not. For for those of us who have just been our trust has been violated so often, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that if your trust gets broken often enough, you're talking by the same person or, or by a variety of just in yeah. general, right? Yeah. I think that right. can lead to a lack of transparency yep. as a person. Yeah, right? I agree with you. So if that's a if 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 you have trust issues, mm-hmm. right? I think that leads to a lack of transparency in, yep. in all of Absolutely. your relationships. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was transparent. Right. He was also transparent about his purpose. Yep. But for us, right? Right. We we can struggle with being transparent. Right. Why, why do you think that is just so hard to do? Just because of the lack of broken... Yeah, or the yeah, yeah I, I, th- I think in part because our culture encourages us, encourages us to pretend. Mm. I think our culture encourages us to, quote unquote, put the best foot forward. Uh, you walk into an interview, for example... You're you're got you're you're trying to image yourself to get the job, yeah. And so you're trying to image yourself as perfection almost. I mean, if we get real about it, yeah. Uh, it's the follow up interview questions that gets me on that. But nonetheless, we're <laughs> we're you know dating uh, on and on. Yeah. We, we our culture just kind of forces on us. I think almost subconsciously, maybe not subconsciously, to be perfect to. Act like you've got your act together all the time, even when you don't. So I don't think our culture quite. And just look at the. I can, this could be a rabbit trail. I won't go down it. But just look at the political environment yep. we're in right now. You think transparency is a reality right now? I don't. Mm. Yeah, mm. no. And I'm not. That's not even a, a bipartisan. Right. In it's general. a bipartisan issue. Yes. Uh, transparency. The political system, our leaders, unfortunately, right now are the opposite of transparent. They they say the words, but then they do the opposite. Yeah. And so, I, I think our world in general culture just does not feed transparency. I think that comes from Christ. I agree. Honest transparency. I agree. So, yeah. And and I think that, man, we can fool ourselves. And this is this yep. is a. Bible even says that. Right, right. right? Yeah. And so my my wife wrote this in her notes. So thank Uh you, Danielle. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Thank you, Danielle. I don't know what you said for that. (laughs) Yeah. So we can fool ourselves and Uh often fool ourselves Mm -hmm. into believing that we're being transparent with others because we fooled ourselves into believing our hearts. Yeah. And if our hearts are wicked and deceitful above all else and and, and at its root, it's a broken cistern, right? Right, right, right. We can believe the thing that we think about ourselves, mm-hmm. like we trust ourselves, but we break our own trust yep. all the time. Yeah. Right. And right. I, and I think people think, well, if I cannot trust myself, how can I trust anybody else? Right. Why would I be transparent? <laughs> how are they wow. going to hurt me? That's quite a, that's quite a drain you're circling down in. Yeah. yeah that, that's a tough, well, to me, 
uh, the one way I can know whether I'm being transparent or not, or if I'm fooling myself, is to have relationships close to me that can tell me. Boom. And you ask, by yep. the way, you say, hey, what, what's your thoughts on this? Am mm-hmm. I being fair or whatever it is? Get outside perspective. That's the good of the body. That's part of the series we did. The community is so key to living the abundant life. It's not you and God on the mountaintop. Yes. That's our culture tells us that kind of garbage. Keep your spiritual mm-hmm. life to yourself. That's garbage. Yep. It's communal in nature, both Old and New Testament. It's communal in nature. And so I'm less likely to fool myself if I've got people who love me enough to say you're fooling yourself. Yeah. You know, there's that out. And, of course, Christ, too, stay connected to him in prayer through his word. And his spirit will tell you when you're full of baloney as well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he'll convict you. Yeah. I've been thinking one thing, but it's that's not the truth. It's actually the opposite. Yes. You know? Yeah. I agree. So those are the counter. To me, those are the two counter punches against the very um, natural tendency to fool ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That community. Community of the body and Christ himself. Absolutely. Yeah. That one-two punch there. Yeah. We'll we'll end with this. So you you talked about a trapeze. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is just uh, wild. Ryan Lee yeah. me is like, can you, like, the amount of strength that you have to have to hold yeah, on to that catcher. as the catcher. Yes. Right? Right. It's got to be a massive amount of strength. Because, yeah. number one, you're 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 up in the air. Yeah, upside and down. And you're moving. Upside right? down, no less. Upside you're... down. And I sweat a lot, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm, I, I, was, I would die if I was a trapeze artist. You have to be artist. dipped in powder. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know? I need, like, grips or something. I don't even know. Right. But, but. You know, the, there's that trust between the flyer and the catcher. Right, right. And the flyer trusts that they're going to be caught. Yeah. And the catcher trusts that the flyer is going to do what the flyer is supposed to, to do. do. Exactly. Be still. Yeah. So that they can catch them. Yeah. Yeah. Until I read that story, I did not know that about the flyer needing to be absolutely still. Yeah. I always assumed they were grabbing each other. Yeah. Uh, just what it looked like in a circus or whatever. But I never dreamed that the flyer just has to let go and be as still as possible so the catcher can see where to grab. Yeah. Yeah. How, how can we be consistent? Because the flyer is consistent and the catcher is consistent and that consistency builds the, the trust. Yeah. Yeah. There's a consistent catching. Yeah. There's a consistent right. stillness. Yeah. How do we be consistent in our own lives? Yeah. So that we can be trustworthy. Yeah, well, and that's kind of two levels to me in that story. Christ is the catcher and I'm the flyer. Yeah. I prefer to be the catcher, but I'm not in control, right? Go back right. to that. So to me, it's it's take it one trapeze at a time mm-hmm. and let go and be still and see and experience. Because only Christ, excuse me, will, will prove himself every single time, but you've got to be willing to do the work of trust. So I think it's the same thing in our relationships. Day at a time, choice at a time. And I'm going to either prove to be trustworthy or I'm not. And it's just this process as as I build one upon another, Mm. that other person is going to trust and our relationship is going to grow. Yeah. I, I don't think it's much more complicated than that. We could analyze it, I think, all day long. I think it boils down to, do your actions prove out what you say you are? Yes. Yeah. And I think that in community, right. that's really important. 
Yes. And that's really important to build trust. Absolutely. And Jesus catches us. That's you know, right. I see just, just the image of being caught in the arms of Christ. Right. right? Every single time. Right. Every single time. Yep. We're going to end there. Okay. I keep on thinking about the fly that's on the camel. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, because I'll start laughing again. <laughs> Me too, man. Yeah. Well, we love you guys. All right. We'll talk to you all next week.